Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Now, where I want to start is with something that's a little bit different. I mean, it is and it's not. It's different in the sense that you know that if I'm hyping a player from a team that is once again in line hunting ping pong balls in the upcoming lottery, then you know there's something special. You know there's something really different. If I'm hyping that guy and I'm starting the show with that guy and they're still hunting ping pong balls, something went down. And no, I'm not talking about the pool party in D.C. And no, I'm not talking about the abomination that is the Detroit Pistons. An abomination. No, what I'm talking about, and you probably know this by now if you were watching last night, I'm talking about the San Antonio Spurs and Wemby. Victor, Wembenyama. Wemby is insane. I mean, this guy's incredible, straight up. For all of you out there that were talking dat talk and that junk about the big fella at the beginning of the season, I hope you enjoyed it all then because you all now officially have egg on your face because this cat has arrived. This cat has arrived, and he's getting better on the nightly. San Antonio. How in the hell are you all living right now? I already know the answer. You're all living like absolute bosses this morning. Because last night in San Antonio, the first game in front of Spurs fans in 26 days, Wemby got the better of fellow Rookie of the Year candidate Chet Holmgren and Chet's OKC Thunder. The latest round in this brand new and really pretty bitchin' rivalry goes to Wemby. And what a night that was. I mean, dude filled up the box score only as he can, and then he showed the world his versatility down the stretch when he iced the game. Check this out. I've got a number of plays that I want to point to, but check this out. Spurs up six. Three and a half minutes to play. Plenty of time on the shot clock. No rush. Plenty of time on the shot clock. And this dude is ice cold and damn near goes logo with it. Uh, even when Victor fumbles the ball, you still get something good out of it. He fires. He scores! <laughs> I mean, you have to see it to fully appreciate it. It sounded pretty good. If you have not seen the video, find it right now. I mean, that three bomb is freaking incredible. Damn near from the logo. This dude just knocking him down from long, long, long range. Then, if that were a one-off, that'd be one thing, but it wasn't. Then, two possessions later, the big fella takes a kick out, and he hits another three ball. Here's Vassell. Back to Victor. Another three. Get out of here! Oh, my goodness! (laughs) That was from Paris, Texas. It was. Seven foot four and knocking down three bombs from Paris, Texas. That's two for you. That's two for you. Two threes in less than 90 seconds that extended the Spurs lead to 127-118 over a very good Thunder team. Honestly, I have never seen anything like it. No one has ever seen anything like it. And the reason for that is it's never been done. There's never been a dude like this guy. It's not even hyperbole. 
Have you ever seen a seven foot four cat step that far out and knock in balls long range like that? That's not all. That's like, this guy's not some novelty act. That's no parlor trick. This cat is all worldly and versatile as hell. Not only is he dropping bombs from the logo, but he runs the floor, he gets back, and then he makes one of the most incredible plays you'll ever see on that end. And again, doing all of this as a seven foot four er. Chet had the ball. Chet is seven one. Dude attempts to step back, but that bleep did not work against Wemby at all. 28 for Victor Wembanyama. Holmgren trying to answer. He is stuffed and taken away. Places going bananas. I mean, like a little kid. Like a little kid. I saw it last night. I watched it again this morning like 50 times. I couldn't stop watching it. And I've seen it 50 times, and I still can't believe that guy did that guy like that. Like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that dude did that. I'm just going to embrace my inner Darko before you all do and say, how is that possible? That's outrageous. How is that possible? Completely BS. This is shame. Well, it's not shame, but it is completely BS. It's completely stupid. It's completely BS. How is that possible? That's outrageous. It was outrageous. Go find that clip, too. But the reason it's possible, because that dude's Godzilla. And Godzilla is apparently, evidently, the only human on the earth who can block the seven-foot-one King Kong in Chet. Like, how long is this dude? I feel like Wemby can be standing on earth and reach up and touch the sun. Like, that was some pro working at a basketball camp with a bunch of little kids. Except Chet is no little kid. He's 7-1 and a Rookie of the Year candidate. And Wemby just swats that bleep like it's nothing. And he's nonchalant as hell while he's doing it. Spurs, 132. Thunder, 118. And the tail of the tape between these two future stars was really excellent, actually. Chet's line was nice. It wasn't like he got shut down. Chet got his. 23, 7, 5, and a block. He got nice. He got his. But Wemby got historic. For real. He became the first player in the history of the NBA to have at least 25 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 5 blocks, and 5 bleeping threes. Wemby with the dub right there and on the scoreboard. And then if that weren't enough. If that weren't enough, then after the game, he gives the fans exactly what they want. He gives the fans what they want all night long during the game. And then once it's over and it's time to have that post-game interview, he does it again. He let his fans know exactly how much he missed them and all of this, quote, bleep afterwards. I miss this Quote, first thing out of his mouth, quote, I missed this bleep. I missed this I mean, this dude is exactly, exactly what Ears Association needs as the future face of the NBA. You know, a guy who actually loves ball, 
a guy who actually loves playing, a guy who actually loves the fans, a guy who's not jaded, a guy who, quote, missed this bleep. I missed this Listen, time will tell. He's still young. I'm not saying that he is yet the face of the league. Not yet. Not today. But, man, that day is coming. That day is coming fast. Check out this tweet from OPTA Stats. It reads, quote, Only one player in NBA history has had, over the course of his entire career, same month or not, quote, 50-plus assists in a month, 45-plus blocks in a month, 25-plus threes made in a month, 20-plus steals in a month. That one player is Wemby. He did it all in February at age 20. At the start of the month, uh, full stop, that guy did that already. Nobody had ever done that. He's already done it at 20. At the start of the month, Chet was favored to win the Rookie of the Year. Those odds right now, Wemby minus 1400 In other words, you have to put up 1400 bucks to make 100 bucks. Not good. Well, I mean, a sure thing for him, but not good for you. And yes, I'm well aware, Thunder fan. Wemby can have his trophy as your Thunder Chase, the only one that matters in the Larry O, as your squad is currently number two in the Western Conference. I get it. I love. Part of the reason I'm so hyped on Wemby and what he did last night is because I love the Thunder. I love the Thunder. I love that nucleus. I love that roster. But last night was about Wemby. So give the young man some bleeping credit. Credit. For real. Credit. As myself and Spurs fan, we love that bleep. Love that bleep. Love that dude. I, I miss this I'm telling you, I love this dude. I love this dude. If he stays healthy. And before you say to me, hey, Rome, did you just crawl out from under a rock? Where you been all year? That's not, that's not even the point. What he did last night was above and beyond what he's been doing all year. The guy was absolutely amazing. If he stays healthy, look to bleep out with some luck and some health. You've already found your next savior, San Antonio. It's incredible how lightning strikes again for that franchise. By the way, and this dude, this might be sacrilegious. I'm going to catch myself before I say it. But before it's all said and done, before he's done, you know he's going right up there with the best to ever play there. And some of the best to ever play the game ever have played there. I've just never seen a dude that big do the types of things that he does on the regular as a 20-year-old. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We are joined right now by Jalen Suggs. Jalen, it is great to have you on the program. How you doing, dude? 
Uh, my pleasure to be here. I'm great. How are you? I am so good. It is so good to visit with you. I really appreciate it. Give me a second to lay this out, but the Magic are one of the most improved teams in the NBA. They're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. You're a big reason for that. We saw it again last night. You hit three three-pointers in the final minutes of that win over Utah. You know, big players take and hit and make big shots. Can you explain what those moments feel like? For instance, can you put yourself into a zone or a flow state? Have you trained yourself to be more calm, or do you just let it fly? Like, what's it like in those moments? <laughs> uh, I think for me, just trying to be present. Um, and, and, and for me, winning winning trumps all. So doing whatever I need to do to win, you know, whether it's getting a stop, whether it's, you know, a time like last night where, you know, guys are finding me I got the high hand and it's knocking down shots uh, you know whatever needs to be done to get a win you know I feel like once it gets heightened in those last couple minutes um, you know my, my ability and my thought process also does as well so um, again just trying to find ways to you know be there for my teammates um, you know find ways to win uh, late in games and that's what happened again. Jalen I get it I mean team first team first but you've always been that guy you've always been that guy I bet you don't even, I bet you don't even remember when you weren't that guy my question is not everybody wants that shot not everybody's going to make that shot and you're consistently in that position your teammates find you the question then is did you learn that did you train yourself for that or are you kind of built for it and hardwired for it like the clutch gene does that exist uh, it definitely exists, you know. And I think it's just something that that was instilled in me at a young age. Uh, you know, not not being shy of moments. You know, understanding that it's all a part of competition, and um, you know, to play to play at the highest level and to be at the highest level uh, is what I've always wanted to do. And uh, I think that's part of it. You know, t- taking shots during the end of games. You know, you want to be in there to close out games to give your team the best chance to win and um, and ha- have an opportunity to be in those moments. Um, and, and so, so to get those. Especially at this level, um, you know, not only, not only is it a blessing, but I think it's just a product of all the, all the hard work that I put in. You know, all the all the hours in the gym, and um, I think that's where a lot of that confidence and swag comes from. Is I, I've done the work, I put the shots up, I put reps in. You know, I, I've been in this situation before, so you know, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel too large. It feels normal and, and almost like a like a comfort zone. Um, you know, getting to the end of games and being in those high pressure moments and situations uh, have become something that. You know, I'm familiar with and something that I love to be a part of. That is one of the best explanations and descriptions to that question I've ever heard. I appreciate that so much. So lots of unfinished business, one day at a time, but the team has already taken a major step forward this year. What do you think is the biggest reason for the club's huge improvement from last year to this year? Um, I think a culmination of a lot of things, but, I mean, you look at the the level that, that P5 and Franz are playing at right now, and, it, it's unbelievable the things that they're doing on a nightly basis, and I get to watch it up close firsthand. You know, sometimes I get caught ball watching just because I'm watching two amazing basketball players work, uh, you know, right in front of my eyes. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of credit goes to those two guys and the work that they put in. You know, not only on the court but off the court and helping establish the culture. You know, and helping to, you know, bring the belief. You know, to not only everyone on the team but the organization. You know, I think everybody's carrying that mindset now. Um, and then also just a product of the work of everybody on the roster, top to bottom, you know, and the work that we've done with our coaching staff. Um, you know, they, they do a great job of keeping it fun, you know, a good loving environment, you know, which makes it easy to come to work every day. You know, almost doesn't feel like work, but also, you know, they're on us. They're holding our feet to the fire and, and 
wanting us to be great and pushing us to be great. And I think, you know, you add all those things together, it's a great recipe, and uh, you're seeing the results of it in these games. Jalen Suggs joining us. I think that's the fine line, right? You want to coach. You want you want it to be fun to come to work, but you want the coach to hold everybody accountable. It's such a fine line. Like, I talked to your coach, Jamal Mosley, earlier this year. He told me he loves having so many young dudes on the team, but for that very reason, right? Like, he loves the young energy, but he loves the fact that you also hold each other accountable. How would you describe that vibe and that chemistry of this group, and how does it translate into wins on the floor? Uh, it's super dope. It's super dope. I can't I don't know, I, I can't really describe what being around these guys is like every day. Um, I, I can't put it into words because we have such a great time, and we laugh all day, and we joke. Um, you know, we share stories. We're getting closer as each day and each game comes along. Um, you know, and it, it's been super dope. Just getting to see the other side of people. You know, you come into the league, you know, as a young guard and, um, you know, high, highly drafted and, you know, you want to be a leader. Something that I've always taken pride in is, you know, understanding my teammates and, and being able to do whatever is necessary for them on or off the court. Um, and as we continue to get closer, you know, and the team hasn't changed much, much these past two years. Uh, you know, so big shout out to the front office for that. But, um, yeah, we're all getting closer. We're, we're building that bond and that chemistry. And when we get on the court, it, it, it flows. You know, we, we understand where guys want the ball, uh, where guys, we're all on the same mindset, on the same page when we're hooping. So, you know, I think when you, when you have five guys that just want to accomplish one task, and that's winning, you know, not, not personal stats, not, you know, my ego is, is bigger or above, you know, anything that we have going on as an organization. Um, but we just want to win and understanding that that winning takes care of everything else and all the personal accolades and things will come with that. Um, I think we all carry that mindset, and um, I think that that's been a big part in, in why we're playing so well and why you see us click on the court. Are you one of millions struggling with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it just runs in the family. Introducing Provia, a real solution that delivers on its promise without the harsh side effects, unwanted chemicals, and unpleasant smells. Thanks to our friends that develop GenuCell skincare, Provia uses Procapil. It's a natural ingredient to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning for men and women of any age. By supporting scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb or 100% of your money back. And right now, new customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at proviahair.com slash Rome. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use plus their super concentrate that could give you faster, more noticeable results. And every order includes your choice of a free gift at checkout. See results for yourself right now. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. Tion Suggs joining us, breaking it down. You know, you're, you're used to being that guy. You're used to leading from the front. You know what it's like to be a high draft pick. Being a high draft pick with expectations is one thing. Being the first pick overall and having every eyeball, eyeball on you is something else. What about Paulo Bancaro? He goes from being number one overall to rookie of the year last year. He's been building off that year. He's having a huge year this year, 29-9 last, last night. I mean, is the big fella the total package offensively? And how has playing with him made you a better player? He's special. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's special. That's why I get caught watching sometimes. 
because <laughs> it's a great player. You know, you love watching great players play basketball, and I get to, I get to not only see him hoop every night, but I get to be around him and work with him. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, gain, gain the knowledge. You know, I, I ask him a lot of questions just about being around. You know, especially at the start of the year, what what that senior say experience was like, and you know, trying to get advice and and gain his perspective in his in his mindset on things because the way that he sees the game and, and the way that he plays is so cerebral and breaking down the game and seeing things before they happen. And um, yeah, I think he not only has he made me a much better player, but he's made all of us you know a lot better. And the things that he's doing and the attention that he attracts, um, you know, gives us space, opportunity, good looks, and all we got to do is knock him down. So. Uh, yeah, I think we have a great flow. P5 has been having a great year, man. Not only just all around, but the, the clutch buckets have been crazy, you know, and, and how we get into a mode in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. Hey, dude, are you, are you having as much fun as it sounds, or are you always having this kind of fun? Like, you had an amazing career at Gonzaga. You had that amazing career as a high school athlete. Has it always been like this, or is this the year? Is it different, man? Is it special? Is it that much fun? No, nah, this is special, and I think I think part of what makes it so special is this is my first time, kind of doing this. This is my first fully healthy NBA season. This is my first time being in the playoff race, uh, first time winning in the NBA. So I'm experiencing all of this in real time, and uh, I think part of it has just been I've been very present in this moment and enjoying it, understanding that I'm not going to get this one back. Um, you know, the tough part about this league is um, you know, it's hard to keep you know same squad, same roster, same organization fully together as it was the year before. Um, so trying to fully enjoy this moment, fully be present here. Um, and I am having so much fun, man. I, I'm telling you, I smile every day going to work, smile every day being around these guys and our team and, and in this city. And uh, what we're building here is special. And I think uh, the city of Orlando deserves it. And all of us, we, uh, I think, um, can speak for everybody when I say that. We just want to bring them wins, bring them joy, and, uh, and really show off for the city for all the love and support that they've given us you know, through the ups and downs. I know that city deserves it. I know that fan base deserves it. Before you go, I know you're looking forward and not back, but the fact is March Madness is a few weeks away, which means your incredible buzzer-beating three-pointer against UCLA in 2021 in the Final Four is going to be in heavy rotation. Look, I know you're on to the next thing, but does that shot, how often does that still pop into your mind, and what's it like to be such a huge part of one of the greatest moments in college basketball history? Um. It's dope. I see it come up on my phone every once in a while, uh, you know, like every couple of weeks. Um, but just, just getting around this time and, and the memories that were created, not only with that team, but playing in March Madness, that was always a dream of mine, you know, to be in the NCAA tournament, you know, to make big plays, make big shots. You know, those are the ones that you practice and dream of. Um, so, so to be able to have that moment was truly a blessing. Um, and I'm excited for March Madness this year. And have my, uh, I'm going to have my brackets ready. You know, I'm excited that I get to be away from that now and just back to – making brackets, enjoying college hoops, and, uh, and, yeah, watching the guys play. But, you know, excited about March Madness. That was a dope moment. Uh, you know, and it's pretty cool to have that etched, uh, etched in history. Dude, that moment was super dope. That was one of the dopest moments ever. Jalen, I really appreciate you. I love your game. I love your energy. I love the attitude. It's amazing that you have the perspective that you have at such a young age. That's a gift onto itself. Really appreciate the visit, man. Thanks for coming together. Thanks for making it better, and it's so good to have you on the show today, man. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. It was my pleasure.
You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Let's go back to back with interviews after that phone lines are wide open. Again, nationwide, 1-800-636-8686. Also in Canada, but right now we are joined by a draft analyst for NFL Media. He is also co-host of the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. He was a second-round draft pick in the 1994 draft of the Buffalo Bills. He played five years in the NFL. NFL Network has over 50 hours of coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine this week. Live coverage of the on-field drills continuing today at 3 p.m. Eastern. Bucky Brooks joins us. Bucky, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for making time. Bucky, how you living? Man, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on, bro. It's always good to have you on. Thanks. Appreciate you doing it. You know what? Let me start with the quarterbacks only because, well, they're quarterbacks. But Caleb Williams, Bucky, said that he, we know he probably will be the first one off the board, but he's not going to participate in medical testing at the Combine. I mean, I'm not trying to make a thing out of that, but I mean, is he that much of a lock? Is he that far ahead of everybody else that he doesn't have to do that? Uh, I can't say he's that, that much ahead of everybody, but I, I think it really depends on is he that far ahead of everybody on Chicago, Chicago's board. The one thing that Caleb Williams has the luxury of is kind of knowing that he will be the number one overall pick. And so that gives you the, the, the leeway to do some of the things that he's doing in terms of not working out, electing not to take, you know, the medical testing and those things. There's been a buzz in the past about players, you know, they kind of give of themselves up here. You know, they work out without kind of protections in terms of insurance. They do all this medical stuff and kind of open up their, their life and their bodies and their, their, their health situation to these teams without any guarantee of anything coming back to them. And so it's a bit of a non-traditional approach, um, but it's one where he has kind of the leverage and the sway to be able to take that stand. Right. I think it's really interesting what you just said. So is that a Caleb Williams thing, or do you think that might be changing and we might see more of that going forward, or is it just a matter of whether or not you have that kind of leverage? No, I think it's, it's a thing that is that may be a bigger issue going forward. Because remember, uh, I think DeMarcus Smith used to talk about the combine, and I think he almost would be – kind of discouraging guys to work out and do all of the testing and all of the other stuff that, you know, teams have, have always taken prospects through because you got to remember some of these guys won't get drafted. They're doing a lot of stuff and they kind of assume all of the risks when it comes to working out at their pro days, working out at Indy. If something goes awry, um, unless they have their own provided insurance, like they're, they're kind of up against it. So there has been kind of like this little conversation where people are saying, well, why are prospects? given of themselves, you've seen them play the game. Why do you need all of this other stuff to help you make the decisions on whether you're whether a player to join your team or not? All right, Bucky, like that one argument that used to be made that I always thought was kind of funny but probably true, you know, these guys, the teams, before they invest this kind of money, they want to know what they're getting medically. So they're pulling and they're tugging and they're, you know, I mean, they're doing everything they can to make, these, to make sure they're getting a sound investment. I would have players say, man, I wasn't hurt before I got there, but after three days of every doctor doing what they did to me, I probably am hurt now. <laughs> no, it's funny. So going back to that, like, quickly, uh, you talked about all the other stuff, the, the, the testing and the, the poking and prodding and those things. 
But I do remember it because I found it here online. DeMar Smith did share a desire to abolish the combine and put on regional pro days that were put on by the PA. And he, he did that because he compared uh, the combine to a slave auction where all those things were, you know, the bodies just kind of trotted in. They kind of do all the testing. And, you know, like there's an inhumane feeling to some portions of the combine. That was his point. And so there has been those conversations. And maybe, I'm not saying that Caleb Williams is picking up the torch to carry that, um, I guess, that, that, that debate on. But there is something interesting to when a prospect takes a stand and says, yeah, I don't need to do this. Like, either you pick me or you don't, but I'm good. But also remember this. Caleb Williams made a lot of money in NIL, you know, and so with the money that you may have behind you comes the freedom to maybe take some stands that others couldn't. Maybe this is like one of the first, I would say, long-term impacts of NIL and how it's impacted not only college, but impacting prospects as they begin to think about their NFL futures. You know, it's it's funny. We're talking about this just kind of generically without getting into any of the other guys, but it's so interesting. Really quickly, about the NIL, there's been different reports. How much do you think he made the last couple of years in NIL money? Do you have any idea? I don't have any idea. Now, I've read the reports because I know some reports had it upwards of $12 million that he might have made from six different sponsorships and those things. That seems like a lot, but I don't, I don't know. I did know that people have talked about he had a posh little – apartment in Beverly Hills that he didn't lack for anything when it came to money. And, and rightfully so. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He's playing on a big stage. We all know USC and L.A. And when you're a star at SC, it's like being a star uh, in an NFL uh, for an NFL team in most NFL cities. Maybe he did make a ton of money. And with that money does come a lot of freedom and independence. Uh, to kind of dance to the beat of your own drum. You beat, you bet, Bucky Brooks joining us. Bucky, what about the quarterbacks right beneath him? You got Drake May, you got Jaden Daniels, also projected as top five picks, or seem to be, before people start to poke holes in May's game and tape. How much separation do you have between those two in your evaluation? Which do you prefer? So right now I have Jaden Daniels over top of Drake May. I would say they're close. Uh, the difference in Drake May and Daniels and Williams he didn't have the season that those guys had. Um, by all accounts, his 2022 was unbelievable. He's one of six players in college football history to have 4,000 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 600 rushing yards, and seven rush TDs. The only other guys to do that were Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota. Those were the guys that we're talking about that he was in that conversation. Last year, he didn't have that kind of season. And so people are just a little down on him because he doesn't have a signature game. He was a little erratic when it came to, like, some of the playmaking and decisions that he's made. But I think people need to understand, he didn't play two years of co- He didn't play two years of ball. He missed his senior year of high school due to COVID. He was a backup behind Sam Howell as a freshman. And then he played the last two seasons. His best football is down the road because he's just getting back to playing football. It's a difference than what Jaden Daniels did in playing 55 career starts, five years in college, seeing the number of different situations and things that he's seen as a fifth-year player, that's different. And he played really well this year, obviously winning the Heisman Trophy. The difference is he's a dual threat that really popped as an A-plus thrower and runner. 
that's a little really the separation between Daniels and May. But I would say it's not a big separation between the two. Bucky Brooks joining us. Bucky, before you go, what about J.J. McCarthy, who is kind of an enigma in the sense that, I mean, he's a winner to be sure. We know that. But he wasn't asked to do nearly as much as some of the other guys we're talking about right now. So how do you project him on the next level? What's your evaluation of him? I really like him. I really like him because in a day and time where like four- and five-star quarterbacks do not go to programs that are run-first programs, he decided to go to Michigan because he wanted to play for Jim Harbaugh. He decided to go all-in to win. And his look, his, his calling card, his selling card is, we want a lot of games with me at the quarterback. So whoever you are as a team, when you look at that, so this is a guy that already understands the, the sacrifice that might be needed to win games at a high level. It doesn't have to be about him. It can be about the team. When you look at the tape, the tape suggests that he has all the tools that you look for. Big-time arm talent, great athlete, IQ, intangibles, leadership ability. He has all of that. He just has a small sample size of kind of being the guy that puts the offense on his back. Just because we haven't seen it or haven't seen a lot of it doesn't mean that he can't do it. The run-up to the draft will be an opportunity for him to sell and convince teams that he can do it. But I also think he might be the quarterback and that, that is best suited to do the Jordan Love route, maybe sit for a year or two, kind of let the game kind of develop on the practice field, and then allow him to be a starting quarterback. That might be the best situation for J.J. McCarthy, and really maybe even Drake May, too. Hmm. So finally, what about the fact that we know it's a passing league, so we know how critical it is to get to the quarterback. How deep, then, is this draft at the critical position of edge rusher? So it doesn't feature a star like a Miles Garrett where you can say, hey, this guy is going to come in the league and take, come to the league and take the league by storm. But there's some really good guys at the top of the board. So Dallas Turner from Alabama is in the conversation. Layatu Latu from UCLA is in the conversation. Jared Verse from Florida State. Those are the top three. And stylistically, it depends on if you want a power rusher like Turner, you want a speed and explosive runner with polish like Latu, or a guy that's really an explosive get-off player like Verse. Any of those guys can come. That's why I would expect them to come off the board really quickly. And then the guy that jumps into the conversation, not quite with them, but after a big combine and, I would say, impressive flashes, Chop Robinson from Penn State started the combine when he ran 4-4-8. You then look at his tape and see the explosiveness and the traits. There's some team that's going to gamble on his traits and upside just because it's rare to find an athlete uh, with that kind of uh, – tool and prototypical dimensions. Man, the big man was moving. He was moving yesterday. NFL Network's got over 50 hours of coverage of the NFL Scouting Combine this week. Live coverage of the on-field drills continue at 3 p.m. Eastern today. Bucky Brooks, draft analyst, breaking it all down for us. Bucky, really appreciate you. Great job as always. And always good to have you on the show, Bucky. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Mark. Are you craving some protein after a good workout this time? Change up. Don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Here's why. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. On top of that, Old Trapper is a family-owned business, and they take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried-out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. That's who. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, 
teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy, all amazing and all different. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. And look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Are you buying that as real? It's not. Do you really think there's a giant plastic tower of beef next to me? Is it real or is it Memorax? Butter! Instead of Jack Savage, hey soldier, you had one job to do today and you failed. Where's that tower of beef? I was like, don't worry, dude, I have sound. Oh. But Jack can get off his ass and walk it in here. God forbid any of you get up out of your chair and walk five feet. And by anybody, I mean you, Jack. All right, let's get it. 1-800-636-8686. Now you tell me, does this sound real or does it sound like it's archived? It's pretty good. But you should know better. We go to the phones. I already love this. A beef. I love reactive beef. But how do you react to a beef when we haven't had a beef yet? This is a reactive beef. Jim in Iowa reacting to Jeff from Richmond. Hey, one thought about Jeff from Richmond before we get into this. That call that he just made was better than his smack-off call. Remember, Jeff had a great RSVP the week of the smack-off last year and then showed up the day of the smack-off and it was not one of his better efforts. He himself acknowledged it, not even top 10. That call right there was way better than his smack-off call. Not better than his winning smack-off call, but it shows he's still relevant. He still has game. He still has the energy, and more than that, he still has the motivation. He wants in. How do I know? He's probably off to the side still warring things. That was the longest war ever, my man. You got to hit that post. Get me out on time. All right, Jeff, good to hear your voice. Let's go to, and we're going to start with the Colin Beeves first. Jim in Iowa. You're going to set the tone, my man. Jim, what is your beef? What is up, brother? Uh, you know, I, I didn't hear uh, the call because uh, I, I turned off the sound. Because, dude, how many times can you say your name in one call? Um, so the, 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 best, the best part about the call was when I turned it off. Thank you. All right. I mean, easier to crack on the call when you hear the call. You didn't do a very good job of cracking on the call, and I knew you wouldn't because you didn't hear the call. I mean, yeah. It's not that hard to crack back on Jeff, yet you made it seem pretty hard. Yes, he likes to insert my name into his call. That's part of the shtick. Part of his reality, part of him being real, part of him being authentic. Jim, Jim, Jim. I didn't count. If there were a drinking game, you'd all be bleep-faced every time you said my name. It's funny to me. See, Jeff's either really, really, he's so polarizing. He's either extremely funny or extremely annoying, and he knows that. The guy always makes me laugh, and I've heard that call. Even saying Jim, I, I, I bet he said, if we were to play that back, I bet he said my name 20 times. 
Makes me laugh. Let's go to the phones. Let's try Montana. Give this guy a shot. Tim in Montana. Tim, what's your beef? Hey, what's up? My beef is with Jeff in Richmond. Jeff, you're a legend. But next time you feel unappreciated, just go nail yourself to a cross already and don't waste five more minutes of our time. Thank you. I'm out. I mean, dudes. First guy's like, hey, I got a beef with Jeff and that call, although I didn't listen to it. And then the next guy's in with, next time you feel unappreciated, nail yourself to a cross? Kind of harsh, don't you think, Tim? Little harsh, don't you think, Tim? I thought somebody telling Jerry Jones to hurry up and die was harsh. Dude... Nail yourself to a cross. He, he's just a caller to a radio program. A polarizing one. Wow. So far, so bad. 1-800-636-8686. And can we be real? That cross would have to be triple reinforced. Just kidding, Jeff. Just playing along. I'm, trying to, I'm looking for a little levity, Jeff. That cross? That cross would need a concrete foundation. Just looking for a little levity, man. Go nail yourself to a cross? Come on with that, man. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you all one more shot. I'm not saying you can't have a beef with this guy. But I'm saying, one, if you have a beef with a call, at least listen to the call. If you have a beef with a guy, try to express that beef without telling him to nail himself to a cross. Let's try again. We go to Mike in South Carolina. Hey, Mike, what's your beef? My beef is with Jeff, Jeff in Richmond. But you know what? I think I got a better take than the first couple guys. If I wanted to hear someone say Jim 57 times, I would tune into Tony Romo. Jim? I don't know, Jim. If I wanted to hear Jim get glazed by a guy, I would have DM'd Jim for his spicy link. I'm out. Well, you're right. It was better than the first two. Not much, but it was better than the first two. All right. Now we're into it officially. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to the fee. V in the fee. V, what's up, brother? Romeo, my beef is with these grown-ass men at spring training trying to get autographs from players. I mean, why are you throwing elbows like you're Charles Oakley at the 12-year-old next to you for Max Muncy's John Hancock? And they celebrate like idiots when they finally get it. Oh, I, I got Muncy's autograph. Who cares if I have swamp ass and I'm too fat to button up my jersey and I'm so sunburnt, my bald head is pink and I look like a penis. But I got Muncy's autograph. <laughs> Idiot. Out. Nice job, V. It's a good job, V. Well played. Well played. V in the fee. I should have said, if you have a, a beef, he went a little longer than you should, but because of entertainment value and energy, I allowed it. V in the fee has us back on schedule. What is your beef? Right now, we're doing call-in beefs. I will get to your written beefs maybe a little bit later on. It all depends on how good the calls are. If you're a written beef and you don't like that, learn how to work a phone. 
Let's go to Jay and Humboldt. Jay, good to have you. What's your beef? Hey, Rome. I got beef with my wife listening to the show. She comes into my workshop and starts dropping jungle Tourette's on me. Like this morning, she had to tell me our two-year-old roped a coiler. That's my beef. Bro, I don't think that roped a coiler has ever been a phrase on this show. There is no Tourette's for that. There's never been anything that was ever said or done on the show that necessitated a response of, oh, roped a coiler. I, I don't think that I've even ever uttered that phrase before. So that's not a true beef. Beefs have to be real. Beefs have to be authentic. Jungle Tourette's is a real thing. I have it. Anybody who's heard this show for more than, I don't know, three months has it. But nobody has ever run around screaming out, rope to coiler. Right, Alvy? Alvy, have you ever heard that phrase on this show? Alvin just said, never. Stop making things up. Let's try somebody else. I'm working hard right now. And this should be like easy. This should be easy work. This should be light work. To quote Rogan Loam, light work, Pop. This is anything but light work. But I'll do, I'll do this. I'll go back to Montana. I love that we have listeners in Montana. I do. Because you know I love that state. Gigantic state. Great skiing. Great fly fishing. I love Montana. I miss Montana. Neiman. In Montana, Neiman, what's your beef? Hey, Rome, my beef is with my seven-year-old persisting to call me bro. Listen, little dude, it may have only taken me ten seconds, but I did help make you. Put respect on my name. I'm out. Rack him. That's my man. This is why I love Montana. Listen, little man, it may have only taken me ten seconds to make you, but put some respect on my name. Stop calling me bro. That made me laugh. Okay. 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we try Providence? Jay in Providence. Good to have you. Jay, what's your beef? Yeah, Jim. My beef is with people who say I want to give a shout-out. It's not shout-out. It's shout-out. It's always been somewhere along the line, people started saying shout-out. And Jeff from Richmond said shout-out. So I think I'm right. All right. Jay in Providence. Shout-out. Shout-out. Shout out. I want to give a shot out. You mean like, like shoot your shot out? Shout out, shot out. That's a thing. Shout out. Shout out. I want to give a shout out. I want to shout out too. I guess I've been saying it all wrong too. Or, or I've been saying it all right. Of all the things to criticize Jeff and Richmond about, But then again, calling him out for shouting out is still saying that the fat guy should nail himself to a cross if he feels unappreciated. Somebody send me a picture of a cross anywhere that could hold Jeff and Richmond. Just kidding. Don't do it. Jeff, my man. Dude, I can't wait to see you on the 30th. Hey, one thing, the 30th smack-off, I mean. The thing about the 30th smack-off... Not only is it historic, and it will be a legacy smack-off, it will be streamed 
live on the X platform. That's something else significantly different about the smack off. I mean, how many millions of people might see that? In all your glory. Let's go to the ATX. Vince. Vince, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. In San Antonio, Rome is short for Romantico. Don't forget that. My beef is with ex-girlfriends, and they are menti, might I say. Leave my new wife alone. Quit cyber-stalking her. If I wanted to marry you, I would have married you. Leave my silk brow alone. Hook them out of here. Gerald 2024 funeral. He did it again, right? Vince. <laughs> Vince, and- <laughs> Vince and the ATX ended that call with Gerald Ger- 2024 funeral. All right, let me just step off, step back for a minute. We're not nailing anybody to a cross, literally or figuratively. Nor are we rooting for anybody to die. The death pool did not make a triumphant return. Stop rooting for people to die. You can root for him to sell the team. But Vince would say to me, Rome, that's the whole point. He'll never sell the team. He has to die. Hence me ending my call with, Hey, Jerry Jones Funeral 2024. I'm not here for that. I'm not doing that. And I don't want it getting back to the organization. I mean, if it does, it does. It's out of my control. But I didn't say that. I I don't want the Jones family and the daughter that they won't acknowledge, allegedly, thinking that I'm sitting here rooting for his death. I'm not. I'm not rooting for anything other than something to talk about. Wow, this is a hard... Maybe we better remove... This is why I'm, I'm rooting for him to stay alive forever. Not only am I not rooting for him to die, I'm rooting for Jerry to live forever because Jerry always gives me things to talk about. You got that all twisted. If you were to say to me, if that... Like Vince, and it, this again interrupted the entire flow, but okay. Vince is like, Jerry Jones, funeral, 2024, I'm out. If it were me... I would say, Jerry Jones, funeral, year 5,000, I'm out. I hope the guy lives forever. Because he always provides content. 1-800, wow. 1-800-636-8686. Just moving around. Why don't we try Charlotte? Brian in Charlotte. Brian, what's your beef? Jim, I love you, but my beef is with you. I tune in every Friday at 12 Eastern to hear the theme show and hear Alvy start our Friday show with a deck of yeah. And today, you didn't give me my deck of yeah. I know you've been gone for two days, but give me my deck of yeah. I'm out. Give it to him, Alvy. It's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fair. I had no idea. That dude was hurting bad. Badly. I didn't know the deck yeah meant so much to so many people. And I have no excuse. I'm not going to point the finger. It it was devastating. I'm just saying I was a little out of sorts because I was not here Wednesday and Thursday, and I kind of forgot. Anyway, you're right. You should have had it. 
It'll never happen again. My bad. Who's next? Let's go to Tampa. Ryan in Tampa. Hey, Ryan, what's your beef? Thanks, Jim. Well, my original beef was with, with uh, Cut, the cash register line guy. You ever been in a uh, convenience store and there's two registers open and you're standing there and the guy pretends like the line isn't for the other register, so he tries to jump you. But after the uh, guy wishing Jerry Jones is dead and the guy that can't get over the deck, he, yeah, Dave Chappelle's calling me now and telling me, get out, get out. Dude, the bit won't work. They've killed the crowd. Thanks, I'm out. I got you. Sort of. Yeah, no, cutting the line is almost a reason to go. Cutting a line, if it's not a reason to go, it's definitely a big, 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 big D-bag move. Nobody likes that. And yet, I allow it here. I allow it here because with game comes benefits. If you've won the smack off, you cut the line. If I know for a fact that you can make it better, why wouldn't I let you cut the line? So, I, I'm a hypocrite. I admit it. It's a bag, bag, bag move. But if I know you can make it better, and there's four people ahead of you that are going to make it worse, why wouldn't I skip you to the front of the line? The most important thing is the show. Let's go to Los Angeles. My hometown. I am a native of Los Angeles, although I'm half chowed and half Frisco. We go to Matt in L.A. Matt, what's up, brother? Romy, my beef is with that overgrown oaf, obese redneck from the commonwealth of richmond neither does he have common sense or wealth hey jeff i won't bring my shine box what i'm gonna bring is a pine box to put your fat ass in it all right my man i see you smack off 30 romy outro i'll tell you what man my man's not playing today i mean he just made his point and got out i think part of it is format he understands the beef segment Get in, get out. State your beef, get out. But when Jeff and Richmond talked about Matt in L.A.'s shine box, they said, yo, fat man, I don't have a shine box, but I got a pine box, and I'm going to put your fat ass in it on Smack Off 30th. Or Smack Off 30. Matt in L.A., appreciate the energy. That I will allow. Jeff and Richmond took a run at him. Incredible. All right, it's been a wild beef day so far. Jeff in Richmond with his triumphant return, dropping bombs, dropping names, calling Matt in L.A. out for his shine box. Matt in L.A. responds by saying, I don't have a shine box, scrub. I got a pine box, and I'll put your fat ass in it. Let's go to Houston. Great jungle town. Great jungle town. Nick in Houston. Nick, what's your beef? Big apple in a box. What's happening, Rome? Nick, what's up, dude? How we doing? Uh, my beef is not with Jeff. My beef is with the rest of the clones. Understand the premise of the show. It's have it taken. Don't suck. Don't waste our time. I'll see you guys in the smack off this summer. Out. Holy crap. All right. How many of you just understood? How many of you picked up on what he just put down? How many of you picked up on what just happened? Alvin, spin that backwards, and I want you all to listen to that guy and what he just said. Because I think that went over most of your heads, but not mine. 
Alvin, when you're ready, play that beef back. And I don't know that I've ever played back a beef after hearing a beef live, but I want to make sure you all heard that beef. Because that guy, that guy, Nick in Houston, he came up a little bit earlier in the program. Go ahead, Alvy. Nick, what's your beef? Big apple in a box. What's happening, Rome? Nick, what's up, dude? How we doing? Uh, my beef is not with Jeff. My beef is with the rest of the clones. Understand the premise of the show. It's have it taken, don't suck. Don't waste our time. I'll see you guys in the smack off this summer. Out. Do you see what that guy just did? Freaking Nick Casario. Nick Casario. Nick in Houston. Which Nick in Houston has a lifetime golden ticket? That Nick. The very Nick who I knew would never take me up on that lifetime golden ticket just said, I'll see you in Smack Off 30. So maybe he will. That's the freaking GM of the Texans calling undercover in a beef segment. Didn't call the hotline. Didn't set it up. Just picked up the phone. Dude, are you in Indy or did you leave Indy? I know, I know some NFLers left Indy early. I don't even know. He said Nick in Houston. So I don't know if that's literal or figurative. Hey, Tommy, pick up real quick. So we're doing the beef segment. That's never happened. I've never had, of course, there's never been a GM executive like Nick Casario, but I've never had an NFL GM call during the beef segment. Dude, what did that he say? What, what was your reaction when he called you? It was Jack first that picked it up because we kind of tag team the, the calls in here on the beef segment. So Jack goes, I think Nick Casario is on line five. I was like, fake Nick, you mean? He goes, no, I think that's real Nick in Houston. I was like, no, no, this is a fake call. So I picked it up and said, is this for real? And sure enough. It was our boy Nick Casario on live five. So, he called as Nick in Houston, by the way. He did not call and say, hey, this is Nick Casario. Put me on. He said, this is Nick in Houston. I got to beef with the clones. That's absolutely incredible. He, he didn't say, hey, yo, yo, Jack, it's Nick Casario. He just nope. said Nick in Houston. That's right. Like he was just going to play that like we didn't know. Exactly. I mean, he could have gotten over on the kid. The kid couldn't even get the beef tower in here. But at least he caught that. Picked and then right you confirmed it. it. Oh, dude, how good it's absurd was it? as it is, too. I mean, who would think that it would actually be him on, on line five? Well, I, we all would because that's who that guy is. That's why he's the, one of the greatest clones ever. That's why he's got a lifetime golden ticket. We, where was he? Do you have any? Was he in Indy? What was he doing? Should have asked. Didn't ask. And why not? I mean, he's in an interview with a, with a player right now, with a prospect. Or he's setting the clone straight. Like, I've, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. The basic premise of the show, have a take, don't suck. All right, thanks for that, Tommy. This has been a beef segment unlike any other. I think even Nick, Nick had heard enough. Nick's like, all right, you're, you're, you're calling for Jerry Jones to die. You're trying to nail Jeff and Richmond to a cross. Enough's enough, clones. Have a take, don't suck. You know what's bad if Nick Casario needs to set you straight in the midst of the combine? Do you have any idea how busy that guy is right now? How much work that guy has to do right now? It's the freaking combine. Guys are on the field soon working out. And Nick's like, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. And my favorite part of that is he didn't say, hey, hey, Jack, or hey, hey, Tom, or hey, Alvin. Hey, hey, fellas, it's Nick Casario. Can I come on? He's like, yeah, it's Nick in Houston. I got a beef. I mean, right when you think the legend, 
Right when you think the legend of Nick Casario cannot become any bigger, he calls his the clone that he is, Nick in Houston. Broham, you are the absolute greatest. What another great jungle moment. And the Hey Rome, stop. We have beefs. Yeah, no, no, you stop. I got one more thing to say about Nick. Nick knows that every time he calls, there is a standard. There is a bar. He knows he's held to a certain standard, that the jungle will hold him to a certain standard. He doesn't want to fall below that, man. He, he's smart, and he has pride, and he always delivers. My man. Let's go to Pensacola. Scott in Pensacola. Scott, what is your beef? Romy, let me tell you, every clone that's worried about your travel schedule, just it bothers me. I'm so sorry. That's my beef. It's pretty simple. You're a businessman. you got a rigid schedule. Why all the BS about that? That's all I got. Outro. Yeah, I appreciate you, dude. Don't sweat that. I'm not, so you shouldn't. Clone's going to clone. You think that's bad, bro? Wait till we hit that platform. It's going to be a whole lot of that, dude. A whole lot of that. Don't worry about that. I appreciate you, but don't worry about that. I'm not. 1-800-636-8686. I'm not worried about that. I just want to correct fallacies. I want to correct non-truths. I want to correct people who say, hey, man, there is a flaw in your logic. You were not in the X offices in New York. There are offices in Frisco. Gotcha, Vance Mac. Ownage. Man, you don't own anything, dude. Except that needle you stepped on. Just kidding. You, you didn't catch me in a lie, Frisco. And by the way, I am you, Frisco. I like the way even, even Nick knew it. Yo, big apple in the box. He knew. 1-800-636-8686. How about right up the road from here? Anaheim Hills, John. Hey, John, what's up? What's your beef? Hey, Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? My beef is with every company out there that sends a bill to us in the mail, and they have the paper folded right along the perforation lines or just outside of them, so you go to tear the damn bill off, and the bill rips in half. Those guys are idiots. They got all the technology in the world. Move the freaking perforation. Peace. Peace. That might be the first perforation beef we've ever had. He was feeling it, though. Man, this has been a wild half hour. Where to? I guess since we're not going to get to a written beef, I'll let this guy in because in the past, he has complained about me not getting to a written beef. Now, where he did the smart thing, he called. Probably because he knows I'm not going to get to the written beef. Let's go to Ben in Driftwood. Ben, what is your beef? Hey, Rome. As you always say, give me an A or give me an F and make it better and make the next 25 years the best 25 years. But in case you haven't noticed, we have a dearth of quality candidates for President of the United States. And if you can unite the clone diaspora, you can unite and lead the nation. And, Rome, we need you to throw your hat in the ring. Keep on making it better in the turtleneck sweater, but make it great in 2028. Your foot out. 
Hey, Ben. That sucked. Ben just asked me to run for president because there's a dearth of quality candidates. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, aside from the fact that the nation turns its lonely eyes to me, that's not going to happen. Hey, Ben, when was the last time I said anything remotely political on this show? That's not to say that I don't follow politics. That's not to say that I don't have political views. That's not to say that I don't have really strong feelings about things. I mean, to be fair, I did have a former president on staff. Ike. Mm. Garrett Ritt Eisenhower. Damn right. That's how I roll. So it's not that I don't have political leanings. I'm actually proud of the fact that you don't know which way I lean politically. I've always been of the opinion that that's not why you tune in. Now, as things have gotten more and more political, I've noticed that more and more of you would like to know which way I lean or have assumed I lean a certain way and then react accordingly. But since I never talk politics on this show, I am not going to run for president. I have no interest. It's just not my thing. I would not make a good president. I will, I will stick to the CEO of the jungle. That's what I'm going to do. Let's go back to Houston. Bobby in Houston. Bobby, what's your beef? Romy, how you doing, man? Good, dude. Good. Hey, look, here's my beef. Uh, I, I love that our GM is calling into your show, but hey, keep your head in your notebook and keep your eyes on the field. Stop calling in while you're supposed to be evaluating players. And, uh... Ah! No. You don't like that call. Like All right, so a couple things there. Not a very good call. I, I have my own feelings about that call, but very clearly Alvin does too. Alvin controls the buzzer. Alvin, why did you run him? Alvin says he ran him because of the clock. Fat. Fat. That's incredible. Alvin, I thought you had Nick's back, and that's why you ran that guy. Listen to the break alarm. Alvin's like, dude, we are way over. I thought you had Nick's back. All right. I will respond to that phone call when we come back. I have Nick's back. Damn, Alvin. One, two, three. Welcome to the jungle. A very good Monday to you. What's going on? My name is Jim Rome. How was that weekend? What did you get into? What's cracking? What's good? I could have started any number of places, but, but, Broncos country. Let's chat. Broncos country. Let's chat. Broncos country. Let's chat. Let's chat about that dude. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win too. I want to feel the chill. How are you going to get two rings in five years, Russ? Are you going to back up Mahomes? At this point, he would be lucky to land a starting job in that league. That white jacket you told me about, you have it? White pants, white Let's go. Let's do Can it. you imagine if he gets a tailor off hours to cut him that suit? And then you come out and you're like, I'm not playing for that guy. And you lay down. Oh, man. How badly would that have gone? I want to kill myself. Michael Malone joining us. When you talk about Nicola, is this guy actually somehow getting better? I think he's getting better. You know, And I'm with him every day. I'm with him every night. He understands what time it is right now. And I fell asleep. <laughs> 
in the sun. So Somebody ought to find down. Katie Cork, wherever she is. Have you ever used steroids? Have you steroids? ever yeah. used a tanning bed? No. Have you ever been, Have you tempted, ever been tempted to use inside a booth with paint nozzles and gotten sprayed down a different shade of skin color? No. no. I uh, wrote a little haiku about your best friends from Calabasas High. Warm summer evening, Lyle has lost his toupee, murdered our parents. Lyle is one syllable. Lyle is not two. <laughs> Was that one of the reasons why you want to play college ball at Houston? Did you want to be coached hard? I mean, nobody ever wants but I knew it would be hard. Whatever he would say to me, whatever he would do, I knew it would do nothing but better me. Atlanta hero quarterback. Thankfully, Cam is all right, but I do still have questions, mostly about that witch hat that he was rocking. You know, it's like somebody running you over and having the decency to drive you to the hospital. Weirdos being weird. I can feel the entire pride of the mafia right now. I have pride, and I've got nothing to do with it. Bitch boy. Bill's mafia, how proud are you of this dude? That's what the mafia wants their franchise left tackle to say. Like. But I'm also the demon. Raheem Morris. General, I'm doing great, man. What a great introduction, man. You're so kind to bring me on that way. Uh, you didn't mention that was a two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh -oh. Where do you think your next quarterback is coming from? It's the elephant in the room in Atlanta. Who's going to be our next quarterback? This is no longer a negotiation. These are my demands. Give me the yacht. Give me the jet. Give me the Home Depot. Give me complete control. I want the chopper. Get the hell off my yacht. I'm hiring Raheem. Hey, DJ, let me ask you something. What do you make of the jerk or jerks who leaked the score in the first place? I, I don't understand why in the world you'd ever do that. Like, it just, I, I don't, it's somebody's life. It's I, I just, I don't get that. So, I, I don't agree with it. Uh, I just don't know whatever would lead anybody to want to do that. The absolute worst call of the season. Monty, let me ask you this. No Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Let's say they give you all the calls. Every call possible. So instead of eight wins, you have what? 11? That was not fair. The reason I'm off tomorrow and Thursday is I'm flying to New York on show business. The I'm in my underwear, right? Tidy whities Look down the hallway and he goes, Mariucci? I go, Reed? Yeah, how you doing? We didn't know if the building was burning down or not. Like the clutch gene. Does that exist? Definitely exists. I put reps in. Doesn't feel too large. It feels normal and almost like a, like a comfort zone. You know, I'm familiar with it and something that I love to be a part of. Hashtag vacations over. That was from Paris, Texas. <laughs> we know women down there. <laughs> the only thing I ask of you, Jim, when I'm back on top, acknowledge me. Jeff, next time you feel unappreciated, just go nail yourself to a cross already. Oh, I, I got Monty's autograph. Who cares if I have swamp ass? Jarrah, 2024. Funeral. My beef is with the rest of the clones. It's have it taken, don't suck. Don't waste our time. Stop calling in while you're supposed to be evaluating players. Perfect ringtone for you, too. <laughs> Inside the tanning bed. Welcome. My house ain't for sale, that. Period. Like, that's whack. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Man. Hey, Spots, what's up? I appreciate your run. We'll wrap again soon. Super dope. Thanks a lot, Jim. That was not correcting you, man. That was just me getting a chance to gloat with my guy. I, I miss this I'll see you guys in the smack off this summer. Out. Good night now! Good night now!